there's going to have to be some sort of like there's demand for book boxes that are high right mm -hmm. and for like the personalization for it but the bandwidth for authors to do it is low and especially for like even very successful authors who are doing really well yes. so there's going to be a solution that trust me i spend a lot of time thinking about this as does amelia about how can we like make that easier for people so that like you can scale the personalization but you know personalization is focused on the signed book the the actual part that only you can do not all this other stuff in the packaging and basically huh. turning yourself into a mini fulfillment warehouse that is yeah. how like a lot of these authors are right now and i just i think although there's big opportunity in it don't don't enter a problem that's not going to benefit you economically right now amen to that that's that's a good that's a good advice for everyone don't don't create problems that don't make you more money when you're trying to make money doing something Welcome to Subscriptions for Authors. Meet your co-hosts, Michael Evans, sci-fi thriller author of a dozen novels, and Amelia Rose, a semi-romance author that makes six figures per year in subscriptions. Together, we will help you make more money with subscriptions and succeed in the future of publishing. So this is a special episode. This is our last of the Subscriptions for Authors coaching sessions. We did these live. We put a post in the Facebook group about six months ago asking, fellow authors in the community, if they'd like to have a call with, you know, me and Amelia and walk through their subscription, walk through how things are going, walk through how we can help. Lori, I remember meeting at a romance conference in Charleston just about a little over a year ago now, actually maybe a year and a half ago now. And when Lori reached out that she'd been starting her subscription, but just struggling to get traction, I thought what a perfect moment to sit down and figure out how we could get Lori to the next level. So we talk a lot about just general author career stuff, helping her succeed in subscriptions. And I think it's a really helpful episode for people who are getting started. This podcast, I hope is a really good fit because it walks a lot through how to get started, how to think about subscriptions. And if you've tried marketing it and things aren't going right, well, this could be an episode to learn about ways that you can troubleshoot what you're doing and work on getting your first paid subscribers and growing from there. So super excited for this episode with Lori. Let's dive into it. Lori, it's Michael. been about a year. Yes, it has. At Lust in the Low Country, which is an amazing conference that we'll both be back out this year, but all of us will be. But Yay. we're talking a lot about subscriptions today, particularly your subscription. And I want to ask you, what got you to start your subscription and when did you start it? Okay. So I started um, right around the end of March of this year. And the deciding factor, I think, was just kind of watching Amazon and how it was treating its authors. I mean, it's it's been, I think, in the works for a while now, but particularly since January, it seems that things just sort of started going downhill. And, you know, I watched my daily, my daily reads, my daily profits just start going down. And I made a decision that even if it cost me some money initially, I, I needed to start going wide. And I, I think the best way for me to do it is to start moving, you know, a book at a time, a series at a time, just very slowly wide and start looking at all the different ways I can do it. And one of the ways that really interests me is subscriptions. So that it's one of my first forays, forays into the wide world. And 
I was working on a co-write with Vi Carter. She's kind of a big mafia name. And, uh, you know, she took kind of a year off. And this is sort of both of our, our year to, to bounce back into things because we had both taken a year off of writing. And we're in one of those spots where there's no, no harm, no foul. And it just seemed like a good time to get into it. So. Yeah. No, totally. It makes sense. And yeah. I know your your actual like subscription is is a co-author one and it's yes. focused on your contemporary dark romance series. So yes. I actually have some specific questions about like how are you doing on the back end? I'm assuming you're splitting. I don't need to know the exact percentage that uh-huh. you're splitting, but I'm assuming that obviously part of you is getting part of the revenue. The other the other co-author is getting part of the revenue. I'm curious how you're splitting that up because I know there's a lot of people who have considered co-author subscriptions. But as you know, anything you do as a co-author, the payments can be tricky. Yeah, we're 50-50. She's, she does a lot of the marketing end of things. And I tend to do a lot of the editing end of things. Like her strength is in marketing and my strength is in editing. And so we, we tend to divide a lot of our workload that way. And it just kind of all works out. She was interested in getting into subscriptions too, but she was perfectly content to kind of let me run with that while she did some other stuff. And we just kind of split the workload that way. And so that work. Yeah, it does. It should, we're both but how, pretty how easy. Do you actually, I'm Go curious ahead. how you actually like, meaning like, like what software do you use? PayPal? Like when do you get paid, right? Oh. You're getting paid out by the subscription platform as one person. So how are you splitting that up is what I'm curious about. Just because I know a lot of authors yeah. have that question. How do I split co-author royalties? Well, yeah, in this we, case, it's not royalties, right? It's it's revenue, but yeah, we we've, we've been using PayPal so far. We haven't run into okay. any any big big issues with it because we haven't even published our first book yet. Our first publication date is June twenty third, and the Patreon is so new. I don't even think we've received a payout for it yet because I mean we're no. we're yeah we're we're really really small right now, so it hasn't been a big deal. But if we get to a point where we are paying like huge fees and stuff, I think we're going to have to look at something to to make sure that we're not giving PayPal really big fees. But we haven't gotten there yet. But that is okay. a that is okay. a question. Cool, cool. I just yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is a question. I have that question like myself because I always like look into all these solutions. And you're right, PayPal you can do, but all of them are pretty. I'll say imperfect at the moment, but they are. And okay, I so look with that, my, that's edit, one of the my editing business, I've already started using Zelle over PayPal because I don't have to yeah. pay the fees with, with Zelle. So it's it's yeah. definitely something to to think about. Zelle's definitely great if like everyone's like in Zelle's right. really strong with US banks. So exactly. if, if both authors are in the US, it's a great option. But okay. Okay. That's this is all really good stuff to know. So your subscription you mentioned is small. Yes. Talk to me about, is that what you expected or are you disappointed about how it's gone? So- nope, I'm not disappointed at all. I expected it to be a, a turtle to start off with, especially because I, I have my finger in so many different little pies right now. I, I just didn't have the bandwidth to hit it full force, full steam ahead. So just mixing all kinds of metaphors right here i i didn't have the bandwidth to hit it with everything i had so i expected it to start slowly and i'm okay with that and that's part of the reason i wanted to talk to you guys i wanted to know what i could be doing to 
to to gain momentum and to get more followers because I don't have a lot of energy and time to chase after people. I, I want it to happen organically. I want to find readers who want to be there, who are fans, who who are interested in reading my things, but I don't want to chase after either. So what do we do? I mean, that that is that, that is the problem. That is what we'll try and that is the question that we'll we'll definitely try and help you with today. And I think before I like just start giving ideas, I wanna I wanna first understand like thinking about and I say this a lot, people listen to the podcast might even get annoyed with me, but the reader journey. I always think about that. And mm-hmm. I wanna take a step back and before we even get into the reader journey, where we're gonna really get the good stuff about how to grow your subscription, I wanna talk about your journey and mainly think about where do you see a subscription two or three years from now? Like as part of your author business, what is your goal? Like if you had to tell me, Michael, this is my dream outcome for my subscription. What is that dream outcome? It's a good question. It's not something I've thought about. I think I'd like to see all of my, all of my different little platforms working together to comprise one one big brand they're all cohesive and they all like build different parts of who i am as an author like readers i think you know especially today they approach authors in different ways 10 15 years ago there was one way for a reader to approach an author and that was through a paperback book and now it seems like there are so many different ways a reader finds and appreciates an author and that could be through an audiobook or through passion flicks or through you know through a subscription service like vela or radish or ream or patreon it could be through an ebook or whatnot and so i want all of those different individual platforms to add up into one cohesive brand and strategy to reach all of the different readers okay okay i i get the vision Passion Flicks, by the way, not everyone might know because all the other ones are pretty common. Passion Flicks is like a Netflix for romance novels started by the <laughs> sister of Elon Musk. And I've heard that has pretty predatory contracts. So watch out. Oh, really? Um, okay. I've, I've he- heard heard rumors about that in like from very reputable people. I don't want to call people out, but a, a PSA on the podcast, uh, know. you know, look in those contracts if you get offered anything. But that's true for anything. Always look at the contracts. Yes. But yes, it is. when it comes to your big author vision, I'm with you. Uh-huh. And now I want to understand with your subscription, you know, you have, you talked about it, your different areas of your brand, right? Now with this subscription part of your brand, which kind of readers do you imagine it's serving? Which readers are you serving with your subscription? Which segment of your readers? You might have different tiers that serve different segments of your readers. Uh That's perfect. But I want to understand who it is that's your ideal reader for your subscription. For this, for the for the subscription reader, I think it's a younger reader. I think you know, without putting necessarily you know labels on it and everything, I think it's early twenties as opposed to mid thirties. I I think it's you know I I don't think that people my age that are outside of the publishing business necessarily would even hear of it or know about it. I think it's kids out of college and. And that kind of thing that are more immersed in that culture. I want to push back on that. Okay. I just want to push back on that. Because I think you're right in a sense that there maybe subscriptions lean a bit younger. 
mm-hmm. we have to think a little bit more about like, okay, so serial fiction and authors mm-hmm. offering early access to their serial fiction. That's yeah. a younger audience, full stop. Now, yeah. that's, that leans younger. And you can see that on platforms like, for instance, Wattpad and Amelia yeah. Rose, for instance, has a readership that probably leans younger than a lot of other authors. Doesn't mean she has young readership. One, though, Radish has a lot of readers above 40. So Radish oh, is oh, okay. really that's only new. taken off the United States. Yes, a lot of readers that are above 40 on Radish. So that's one thing. And then okay. another thing is that your subscription service, I think this would be my advice. I think you, you're not thinking about it wrong, but I want to give you another idea about how to think about it, which is that maybe it's when talking about the reader journey, it's the, the last step in the reader journey. It's where your super fans are or part of your super fans. Not every mm-hmm. super fan will be in okay. your membership, right? But that's where they come to support you and get that maybe early access, exclusive access, the VIP experience of Lori Way, Ray White, and in this case, also your co-author as well, by Carter. So they get to go in there and get that awesome experience. So you can have, so for instance, I'll, I'll talk about a few authors who have different subscription models. Nikki St. Crow has a mm-hmm. very, very, very successful subscription focused mainly on physical books, mainly on physical books. There's a lot of downsides to that because it's hard to manage, but you could you could check out our public subscription. It's it, You could see the member count. It's impressive, right? Then you have people like Amelia. You do it all, Amelia. Really, at this point, you didn't start off doing that, but now you do the book boxes. You do the different kinds of subscriptions and audio or mainly graphic novels now in other different formats. And you obviously have the early access. So there's a lot you could do, right? Like it's that same reader who's paying someone like, you know, Amelia and other authors. I see it on Ream every day, like $100 a month, going to be 20 most of the time. Probably not. 20-year-olds probably can't afford that. That's true. But that's, that's an interesting reader, right? And there's authors who have that. So I'm curious for you, let's dive into your subscription as it is right now. You have three tiers, mm-hmm. three tiers. And I see in your first tier, which by the way, for everyone who wants to like read along with us and participate in this, the subscription is linked in the chat. So you'll be able to see their subscription there or in the description of the podcast, not the chat. (laughs) But I was doing the conference so much this weekend and it was a chat. So I would just link things in the chat and now there's no live audience. But you have a $2 and a $6 and a $12 tier. I want to go back to your pricing because I think there can be some adjustments there. Okay. What I really want to talk about is what you're offering, right? Because what you're offering goes back to how we market it. So that, that determines your benefits determine the marketing. That, that is really it because no two subscriptions are equal. If I'm marketing, you know, book boxes versus early access to yep. very different reader profiles, you can do both. Right now, talk to me about your subscription and why you choose to put those benefits in it. I don't even remember what I offered now. It's been so long since I've looked at it. <laughs> I understand. Um, I could I could show you your Patreon page. Show me my page. I can share the screen. I don't have okay. it pulled up. Yeah, I'll do that. So right now, do do do. Hopefully, you can see. Yes. A screen. Okay. Great. Okay. Now, and I think I I looked at different authors. I looked at their pricing. I think I kind of went somewhere in the middle. You know, I didn't go bottom of the barrel, but I didn't go sky high either. And I'll I'll be honest with you. I think this. I've been reading like a book on abundance and I think this hits somewhere to my beliefs about like what I have to offer and and what, you know, people 
value as far as I am concerned, you know, are they going to look at what I offer and ha-ha, you know, why would I, why would I pay for that and that kind of thing? So, you know, some of it is, is that kind of a value system. Yeah, I grew up poor and, and so some of it is, is a mindset shift. You know, why would somebody pay more than $2 just for a scene that I deleted? Why would they pay more than $2 for a first look at a teaser and that kind of thing? Why would they pay more than $12 for, you know, exclusive bonuses and things like that? So, you know, there's a lot of a mindset shift when it comes to how I, how I charge for things like that. And that's just something I need to work on. I was just yeah, that's, that's, how I, that's how I came up with pricing. I was just going to hear me. Yeah, I can hear you. Anyway, I was just going to say. Came up and did that like the exact same way. I came up from a low-income family. And so when I was facing my tears for my subscription, it was very difficult to start at a higher price. And so my first subscription, I started at a dollar. And after a while, I realized like I wasn't getting any money from that under payment processing fees. Yeah. And it, it took a while to actually like feel comfortable with charging like $3 or even $5 just my lowest tier. It's just like a cup of coffee one time a month or something. Yep. Yeah. And your know, work is more worth more than that. So, yeah. It, it, it's really hard it is. It is. It's the more I read about having an abundance mindset and, you know, valuing our own creative process and things like that, the more significant and meaningful it becomes. I mean, I, th I think we really do need to learn how to believe in ourselves because other people do believe in us. It's just, yeah. it's, it's really getting in there and, and changing that. So. I think the biggest thing we have to overcome as the protagonists of our own lives is our, our limiting beliefs, right? That yes. hold us back. And I think that's why, that's what we learn when we write books is to take our characters to that journey, but it's sometimes hard to take ourselves through, through a similar journey. But I think that was very, very mature reflection and I really like it. Uh, but I also do want to say that like, you know, just setting up a subscription, just having the courage to put any price that a reader can pay you monthly is, is a feat unto itself. And I yes, think it it's is. really worth commending. 100%. Yeah, it was it was really difficult it's, to do. That. <laughs> yeah, yes, it is. And and you already did do it. It's live. I'm looking at the page live right now. So yeah. that's like that's like amazing stuff. And when when looking at what you're offering, I think I think it's interesting because I, I would recommend at least moving the two dollar tier up to three dollars just on pricing. Okay. And then. Uh, that would be me. I wouldn't even be mad if you moved it up to $5 and then did 5 10 and 15 or do like a 3 7 You could keep the 12 one if you don't want to move up to 15 Anyways, there there's more art than science to pricing, as always. But I do think $5 is an entry tier, level tier is, is a perfectly valid entry level tier, as Amelia was stating. But with this thing, with these benefits, I want to now take a look at your marketing and how you've actually marketed these benefits and share them with your readers because that I think will give us a signal of if this resonated or not with people. So first, you shared with me going into this that you sent out a newsletter promoting your subscription and had 1,400 recipients and essentially 
it was it, it looked like about uh, 12, 10, 10 to 12 people actually clicked to your subscription. Uh, right. So there's a few things about that that are interesting. So one I would say is the 25% open rate for me seems a little low. Is that your so. typical open rate for your email? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, we okay. we just switched from MailChimp to MailerLite. And I think we've done some culling of the list during that switchover. But yeah, it's it's not a great open rate. And I, I'm not, not, that's one. Yeah, I'm not sure why. Well, how did you get your list? Meaning like if I was to think when about I, the reader journey. Yeah, when I, I first, get onto your list as a reader. I've been authoring for about two years. And when I first started authoring, I started building my list with a couple. I think I did two book throne builders. And I didn't know at the time you really shouldn't do book throne builders. They're getting you subscribers who are just not they're there for the contest. They're not there to to read your books. So I think there were plenty of, you know, book throne subscribers in there who just weren't going to be good, good engagement. So th those are some of the ones that we're working on culling out. But yeah, we're, we're in the process of building it. It's just not as strong as it could be. Got it. Okay. Because the email itself that you actually, like, wrote, I, I thought was like, 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 like pretty decent. I thought it was pretty mm -hmm. good. So I like in, in it, my only thing would be just in terms of like email copywriting, looking at it, you, you have like two big paragraphs and then the button and they kind of like, they overwhelmed me first looking at because okay. there wasn't a lot of spacing or okay. things. Okay. And I, I do have a PA. So if you think I should tell the PA to break the paragraphs up, I can definitely do that. Yes. I would say that. Okay. Let's open another comment once you're finished. Michael. Sure. Oh, no, you go now. Right. So I was going to say, I was looking at the email as well. And yeah, maybe break it up with like some images or something, but also think about it from a reader's perspective. Mm -hmm. What do they really want? So if, if you're offering, let me just go back to your subscription. So you're, you're offering first look at chapters as you write them. So early access, what is going to get them to move over? Like what is going to get them to click? And for me, how that looks, because I do early access too, is I put the first chapter. I get them hooked because readers want to read. They want to read these, your stories that you're creating. They might care about like your process and how you did it, but readers are there first to read before they become your super fans. So give them that chapter to hook them and then gotcha. add a link to your subscription. I got you. Good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Because right now, right now as well, I'm like reading this, like I'm going to read the email aloud so everyone listening can also be along with this with us. So the email reads, we joined Patreon as a way to bring our readers our stories while they are in progress. Here you'll get early access to our as yet unpublished books uh, or unpublished works, as well as teasers, character art, character profiles, and all sorts of other fun stuff. Check out our tiers and start enjoying content today. There's some improvements to be made there, but that's not like, that's not too bad. But the thing is, you don't have the join button there. Like if you were to, like Amelia said, like the teasing chapter, you could totally do that and have a chapter in there. But I also am like, why is the, the join button not right beneath there? Then I have to read this other paragraph, which is even longer. Right. And it said, Sins of the Mafia, our series introduction about 
It's currently free and available on Amazon, BookFunnel, and it's about every other retailer you can think of. Okay, so now I'm like really confused because you've mentioned now like literally four different platforms in like my first 30 seconds reading this. We're hip deep in book one for our Sons of the Mafia series due out June 23rd. And we'll be pushing those chapters on a bi-weekly basis for tier two and three. Okay, now that makes a little more sense. Patrons over the course of March and April. As soon as we conclude book one, we'll move right into book two with no waiting. Chapters are posted weekly as we write them. Being a patron of tiers two and three guarantees you at least two chapters a week till the book is published right here. I'm going to be honest, that overwhelms me. Like, that's just a lot. Like, Makes that's sense. a lot of information. And maybe put it in bullets. Yeah. In bullets. Okay. Yep. Or don't even share that with them here. Like, your subscription page is a landing page that already does that sort of selling, right? We already yeah. looked at your subscription and saw tier two and three tell you you get these early access chapters. So how can you get them excited about that before it? Amelia suggestions great about, you know, hey, literally just share the chapter. But the other thing too, I would say is like your readers, like they, they don't just want another story, not these readers. They want your stories. And I don't get a feel for what these stories are what really going to be is. about. Um, what is that? Oh, I said for what that story is. Yeah. Like just reading this email, I wouldn't really yeah. know. Like I can't guess since the mafia, since full dark romance. Like I get the vibe. I'm with the right. vibe. But why do I need that specific story from you right now? You know, I don't walk away with that. And I think that so, that might be something that could be. Important. So question, you know, you're saying give them the first chapter. Would you even give them an entire first chapter or would you give them something more like what you would do in a Facebook ad? Just a, a brief 200 word hooky kind of thing that's going to make, you know, stop them at a key point and make them want to keep reading. Personally, my chapters are short. They're 1,000 words long. And oh, okay. Mine are like 10,000. <laughs> so but make sure you have a close hanger. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I also wanted to add, so Michael was talking about why people, or why, why viewers need this story, why they need your story. Yes. And I would say you also need to reflect that on your landing page on Patreon. So right now, it it's very very broad. So contemporary uh -huh. dark romance, I would make it a little bit more specific. I guess well, specific as the word. As an example, I call my readers the smut sluts, and <laughs> they like call that that's their thing. And so it's very specific to them, and they know that this is their community to talk about. Smut. And so your community huh. might be like, um, say darklings or hey, okay, system like something that's referring to my reader, but then drawing yes. them into my world too. Okay, this goes back to the purpose of subscription platform. In the beginning, you were mentioning right. like, I want to grab all this money for all these replaces, which is great. I'm with you on that. But this is subscriptions are not subscriptions is not going well. This is totally different than like, yeah, I might be a wide retailer and I'm going to be on these different discovery platforms. No, that's not how to think about subscriptions. Yes, you can be wide and can be a subscription author, but also the most successful subscription author in the world happens to be in KU. So, so that definitely doesn't line up, right? Like wide, he's not right. wide, but yeah, he's the biggest subscription yes. author in the world. His name's Shirtalone. So, so what is a subscription then? If it's not wide, it's something different. And, you know, there's been a lot of writing about this online. There's a lot of authors that are confused, I think, about what a subscription really serves. But mm -hmm. honestly, I think me and Amelia, when we when we say this for people mainly listening, not you, Lori, but I think we know what a subscription is. And what it really is, 
is that place that is like your home. Like it's your place, it's your membership club to bring readers back to. So when you get a reader who sees your subscription, that's not a cold fan. That's probably not even a casual reader. It's a reader who's really warmed up to you and really like, again, wants to support you more. So you have to think about like the lifetime value of the average subscription customer, the average super fan is much higher than your casual reader. That's why you have all these higher paying tiers. That's why you get all this extra access. That's who this is for. And even in serial fiction, it's still for that kind of reader. You know, you see these authors with massive subscriptions in serial fiction and you go, oh my, I can't imagine having that many people. It's like, did you, you know how many millions of people have like read their books to just get a thousand people in their screen? Like millions of reads to get a thousand paying subscribers because that's in a free platform, the kind of funnel that you have to then get through to finally be in that subscription and be there for a long time. Like literally millions of reads online. So that's the kind of thing that you have to think about in terms of what this subscription serves. And that, that means everything in terms of how you talk to them. It's much different than an Amazon sales page where the Amazon sales page has to be attractive to people who love your book and love your work and would buy everything you ever did and want to support you always, but also has to be attractive to new fans, right? Someone who doesn't know who you are. This is the totally different level of access here. Totally different level yep. of the fan journey. And I think the key is like figuring out ultimately with the subscription, the process from no fan to true fan to super fan. Uh-huh. And you kind of know where the subscription plays in that. But the subscription isn't going to turn someone into a super fan, right? Because you already had this high gating. Like you have to pay monthly to even be there. So you also want to figure out to make your subscription successful. How can I get more people to basically become my super fan? Right. I think like what you said in the beginning about looking at this as the last step in your readers, like in your reader journey, I think that is, that's pivotal. So like, how do I move them to that step? Yes, because you want them to be in this step because you get their right. emails, you get direct access to them. Like right. There's, there's a benefit to having your readers be here for you and for them because you get to give them that customized personal mm-hmm. experience. So all around is a benefit. How do you get them there? The first step is identifying currently where can you connect with? Where are your existing readers who are maybe your war fans or even now super fans already? Because mm-hmm. you don't have, the super fan doesn't have to be in the subscription, right? You want to maybe. Right. Where would that answer be for you? Where are your readers currently? Where could you best reach them? When they're I would think about it like a heat map. Okay. <laughs> tell, tell, okay, I'll tell you how to think about it. Think about it like a heat map. So like you kind of have like all these different circles. This platform, you've got like a Facebook group, you know, Amazon, like product pages and like book sales. You've got your newsletter list. You've got all these different places. And think about it like a heat map of like, ooh, right? the people who are here, they're like 90% like probably real fans. Am I? The people here are like maybe not as much, but they're still there. Where would like be the hottest part of your author ecosystem? Do you have an answer? Or are you... No, like... it's your, it's, it's for you. <laughs> it's your world, your author ecosystem, your fans. That's how you have to think. I feel like my strongest fans are the ones in my Facebook readers group. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Those are, those are the ones that, you know, we talk the most and they're the, the most engaged and that kind of thing. Um, I love that. That's a great answer. That's a great answer. Those are probably the ones that I can shift. (laughs) Yeah. Most easily. It's also the smallest group. That's, that's good though. That's like, that's an interesting signal. 
Because, mm-hmm. And how small, when you say the smallest group, like how big is the Like 250? That's not that small. That's still okay. pretty great. Yeah. Um, and it's really interesting. I, like I'll I, see, I'll see, like I'll put a book on Booksprout for ARCs and I'll see somebody read an ARC and then join my Facebook group. And so it's, it's really, it's cool to see right. that. Um, and to recognize, yeah. like to see the movement from one place to the next. So. I think, I think first of all, amazing that you have had this Facebook group and that, that's the exact like, kind of reflection you need to think about. Cause I always tell authors like, cause you have one member right now, the best thing we can do taking you out of this call, is not giving you some myth, mythical plan about how you can somehow get, you know, a thousand members like that's great maybe we can get you there one day but let's focus on how to get five because uh-huh. having five fans might be an extra 20 30 dollars a month a couple hundred dollars a year that's a good hour of your time if we can give you that direction so i want to now shift the rest of this conversation to figuring that part out how can we get your next five subscribers let's think about this you've got 250 people in this group i think i think we have i think we have the audience I think we have the offer that maybe needs some tweaking like we talked about, but it's mm-hmm. pretty, pretty close. Tell me what you've done to let people in your Facebook group know about your subscription up to this point. The only thing is, is what I've shown you. It's putting up just that, you know, I did a couple Let's of, look at that. yeah, a couple of posts, you know, hey guys, I have an announcement coming. And then a couple of days later, this is the announcement that I announced I was going to make. <laughs> and then I had, I've had my PA... Like every time we put up a chapter, we'll link the chapters to the group. So it's sort of an automated process. So I could probably do more as far as making it more personalized, um, play it up a little bit more. Um, so I'm curious, like for this one, because I'm looking at this mm-hmm. post now that you shared with me. Um, right. It says, okay, guys, remember that time I announced a special announcement was on the way? Mm-hmm. Here it is. V and I have started a special Patreon subscription service and has officially launched as of 10 minutes ago. I'm slash we or dash we are seriously so excited about this. Here's why. Authors can no longer depend on Amazon, unfortunately, as a single income stream. A subscription service gives us a little of our power back as creators. Patreon allows us to do so much. We can use it for general support and kickstart campaigns for special covers, safe for work book out, audiobooks, and tons of other projects. And then we can share our progress with patrons in real time. I've been curious about what happens before a book becomes a book. The editing and revision process, the journey in general, this is by far the best way to tap into that. Fans can support us on so many levels and get great bonus content for as little as $2 a month. Want to learn more? Check us out. Before I even say any feedback or before Amelia shares any feedback, I want to know what was the response to this post in your Facebook group? Did it get any likes? Did people comment? Yeah, it got, a fair, it got a fair number of likes. I think that one person commented something like, oh, I can't pay $2 extra a month or something. Something like that, which I thought was kind of silly, but, or I think she, she said, but I'll read every book you write or, you know, something in general, it was positive, but we, I didn't really see anybody sign up to, to join Patreon. Right. That's interesting. And then now you've been doing these sort of, I would say like more automated, here's a chapter. Right. And if I scroll up, I think right here, it's kind of just like new chapter and then that's it. I have a few ideas, but I want to hear from Amelia. What do you think might be better, a better way to kind of hope, ideally convert some members of her Facebook group into paying subscribers? What are some of your ideas on that? So I, my comment is, what is the content? Like, I know what it is because you told me, 
Yeah, no, the paper's not usually blank. I, I think there's something going on. It it just, I, I don't know why, but it comes up blank for the screenshot. But it, it gives a little like three or four line clip of the beginning of the chapter. I don't think it's enough. I, I feel like, you know, it's convenient because it just slides over from Patreon. But I, I don't think it's quite enough of a teaser. I feel like we might need a little bit more something maybe with like a teaser illustration and like a, a hookier little bit of dialogue or, uh, you know, something that leaves you on a cliff to to get somebody to, yeah. to want to go over. I well, feel like here's a little bit idea. of an easy idea. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, here, but like you're thinking along the right lines. Like I, I, knowing that you write dark romance, knowing that there's, I, I'm, I'm just going to guess some steamy scenes in your story. Sure. One thing you could do, right, is say, I'm going to share the latest chapter in the book that I've literally written totally for free in, in, in my Facebook group. But what I'm going to do is totally censor the, huh. the part right that oh, people probably want that is a good idea so you like take you take it out and basically it's like read it there that yeah that's gonna get people are gonna be like what please that's, <laughs> that's what i do for my comic and it works yeah that's brilliant yeah. And, evil. and this is what you do for for images as well so like if you have like not i know not say for work art was one of your benefits like yeah like like make it funny like okay so maybe like You've got a character who's shirtless or something, right? Or, you know, scantily clothed. But maybe they have their... I, sorry for, for children listening. I'm going to use very PG language. No maybe they around. have their private part. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use it very PG language. Maybe there's a private part somewhere. Uh -huh. And in the actual image in your subscription, like, you know, they could see the full thing. But, but, but right, so that's the, that's the image. But you're not going to put that on Facebook. One, because Facebook's going to censor you. And two, because you've got to go to the description. So instead, maybe you put like, I don't know, a donut, like a, an emoji, something, something stupid over it. People know what it is, but they don't see it. So it's like, oh, oh. okay. This is good. Now, can you, along those lines, I need to find an artist that can do these kinds of things. Do you know anybody? Could you recommend somebody? Because Fiverr scares me. I recommend doing is posting in the descriptions for authors Facebook group, which if you're listening and you're not in the descriptions for authors Facebook group, there'll be a link to it down in the description. You can make a post in there. Tons of authors, no artists. I think people would be so happy to recommend you people. There's a, a big community of people in there. In the, do you say subscriptions for artists or subscriptions for authors? There's subscriptions for authors Facebook group. Okay. And I, it's our I Facebook am group. that one. Yeah. Okay. I think you are. You are. Okay. You definitely are. You definitely yeah, are. Yeah. I definitely That's am. how you got here because you commented <laughs> on a post in the Facebook group. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of asked. I was like, I am in that. All right. Thank you. 100% you 100% are. <laughs> yes. For those listening, though, that aren't in it. Good. Good. Cue. I got you. Pause. Join. <laughs> come back. Pause. I think the, I, I think those sorts of like real more teasers are a bit more helpful because. Yeah. Right now, it just looks like an, you know what I mean? And that's the thing. You're right. We have to. I'm like really, I, I'm very careful about this. I think we all need to be hyper careful about not advertising to our fans. Like you, every once in a while, we'll have to promote to them. You know, yeah. you will have to share something. But how can you, how can you get them to support you without them feeling like they were promoted to? Because that's not good for building a community. To have a salesperson leading a community. How often does it use, 
which candidate does a used car salesman own? Like what what fanboys does a used car salesman have? You're or right. a pharmaceutical salesperson. Right. No, no, there's no fanboys for these people. There's no fangirls for them. You want to have the fangirls and the fanboys and the fan anything. You want to have all the fans. Their fans don't want to be sold to. In fact, they can feel used in this uh-huh. case if it is a true friend and they keep being sold to because yeah. then it's like their fandom is being commoditized. And that's something we always have to be careful about as artists because it's important to make money. But we don't want them to feel like their only use is money, right? So Very- by sharing more, it makes sense that they can support you because they are smart. They recognize girl needs to eat, right? Your kid needs to eat. Like that's a thing. But at the same time, you don't want them feeling like that's all she wants from me. Mm-hmm. And it's not all we want from them. <laughs> no, it is not. But it's so easy when you're like, oh, I want to save time. Right. I'm busy. I'm writing my next book. I'm just going to post a link and just tell mm-hmm. them it's up. Like, yeah, you could do that. But think about how that feels for the fan. Right. Yeah. And that's why, like, I don't do a whole lot of it either because it leaves me feeling kind of icky. So. Right, exactly. And then you don't, exactly. And then meanwhile, there's studies that show, studies that have been done at broad levels around creator subscriptions that basically mentioning it at least once a week, that doesn't mean a hard ad, but mentioning it once a week is basically like the common thing that most successful subscription creators do. Okay, well, how do you mention it once a week without just sending an ad every week to your Mm -hmm. audience? Because that's going to get people to leave. It is doing things like me and Amelia are talking about. Yep. It's how you make it sustainable. Thank you, guys. I appreciate the ideas. It's going to be very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that can definitely help you get from, you know, like I said, let's get from one to five. And then when you're at five, let's get to 10 and keep going. And I'm curious for you. I mean, after having a lot of information thrown at you in this last almost hour at this point, what are questions you have for me and Amelia? Is there anything that comes to mind that you're like, I'm curious about this? Do you think the things I'm offering are enough? Is there anything else? That's a great question. That's a great question. Let's talk about that. Amelia, what do you think? Is what what they're offering on their subscription valid enough to entice a fan? Yeah, 100%. I would say even it could be like too much. You think? I can definitely cut out the NSC. Yeah. I mean, do you recommend doing like a, a... Michael was saying you do book boxes. Do you recommend doing anything like that on a timeline? Sorry, you saw my reaction. Did you see my reaction there? I was like, no. Oh, hand go up. <laughs> yeah, I was like, no. <laughs> not, not, at your, not at your stage. I okay. Think, I think like, put it this way. I just had a conversation today, like totally off air with an author who has a very successful membership that's with book boxes. And like, even for people who are making a lot of money doing this, it's stressful and hard in okay. your position, you don't want stress. not being unrealistic, but you're probably not going to make a lot of money doing this in the beginning, right? Because you're trying to grow this whole thing. Yeah. So it's going to be a lot of stress for a little payoff. Focus on the digital, the scalable, the, the low lift stuff. Eventually, as this grows, you might have demand for something like a book box. And when you launch it, you can launch it and have a lot of people paying you so that you're not launching with one book box you're doing a month, but maybe something like 10 or 20. That makes it a little bit more worthwhile. That's why for like 90% of authors, really, I don't recommend having like anything too intense if that's physical. It's different if it's like print on demand merch or maybe every time you release a new book, you do some signed books and you're going to order those to your house anyways. But book boxes are pretty intense. Like all the different things you need to get to make a really good book box. Good luck. Thank you. 
<laughs> that's one of those things you look at like everybody else doing and you're like, should I be doing that? No, I really no, don't want to. Yeah. I, I honestly think there's going to be, and maybe this is something we'll do at Ream, but there's going to have to be some sort of, like, there's demand for book boxes that are high, right? Mm -hmm. And for, like, the personalization for it, but the bandwidth for authors to do it is low, and especially for, like, even very successful authors who are doing really well. Yeah. So there's going to be a solution that, trust me, I spend a lot of time thinking about this, as does Amelia, about how can we, like, make that easier for people so that, like, you can scale the personalization, but, you know, personalization is focused on the side the book the the actual part that only you can do not all this other stuff in the packaging and basically oh. be turning yourself into a mini fulfillment warehouse that is yeah. how like a lot of these authors are right now and i just i think although there's big opportunity in it don't don't enter a problem that's not going to benefit you economically right now amen to that yeah yeah that's that's a good that's a good advice for everyone don't don't create problems that don't make you more money and you're trying to make money doing something. Well, Lori, this was an amazing time. I knew it'd be great chatting with you. I know we had a lot of fun helping you out. And I hope everyone listening also was able to learn something. And just so everyone knows, there'll be a post in the Facebook group the day this goes live. We'll make sure it's pinned for the few days after this episode goes live where you can share your thoughts that will help Lori. I'll share the same notes she gave us in terms of the screenshots so that you all can see what we saw. You all can listen to the same podcast. and. Also, give you some advice and we'll all just help each other out. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. And that was it for this episode with Lori. I hope you all enjoyed it. She's amazing. And I'm just so grateful for all of you who volunteered your time, who came out and spoke with me and Amelia as part of this series. We definitely want to do this again. So if y'all actually want us to do it, then like, let me know. Send us an email, put a comment on the YouTube channel if you'd like us to do another event, another session similar to this. I think we'll do another series where we'll make you know at least one episode a month of trying to help people, something like that, and bring on people in the community. Because it's one thing to hear success stories constantly. It's another thing to hear like fellow authors at a similar stage as you who are succeeding in some ways, but also having problems in other ways and we want to help you so i hope that this series was helpful if you want to check out the other subscriptions for authors coaching sessions you can find them all in our prior podcast i hope you have an amazing rest of your day and in the meantime don't forget storytellers rule the world Oh,